0: don't have the sermon notes you're going to need it today and so just raise your hand real high and somebody will give that to you thank you for being here if you've just joined us we're in the second week of our study of the book of revelations the end times uh, trying to make sense of what's happening today in uh, in in Jerusalem and trying to understand what God is up to I've asked you I've pleaded with you to be self-feeders of the Word of God, so that you know the Bible, so that you're not driven by social media posts, but you're driven by the Word of God. Two things before we jump in. Number one, I want you to remember today is the day, the last day for DFW We Love You, where we ask every person in our church to give $40, and we'll give it all to nonprofit organizations that are helping the poor that are helping battered women that are helping uh, kids who don't have a bright future or just pouring all aldery re- so far we've given away over 20 checks some ten thousand some twenty thousand some thirty thousand dollars I'm just want to say I'm proud of you so put your hands together for your generosity everybody it's incredible uh, I wanna also remind you that only 60% of you have given so far, so I want you to do so. And I want you to give, those of you who have not, their boxes embedded in the walls. As you go out, you can just give $40 there. If you're a regular attendee at One Community Church, everybody gives we have about 20 more organizations we need to bless and in order to do so we need you to be generous because when god gives you more than enough it is not always for you sometimes it is to be a blessing to somebody else that does not have that's why you give it none of it goes to this church all of it goes to the nonprofit organizations in and around the DFW area that are doing great work. And then, and then number two, uh, I want to I wanna remind every last one of you of the fact that I need every one of you to be supportive of uh, realizing how incredible it is that so far since we started this church, six over 6,200 people have placed their faith alone in Christ alone for the redemption of their sins. That's incredible. And then today, yesterday, Uh, Over 300 people get back there. I don't know. I just don't want you to take that for granted I don't want you to miss the miracle that God is doing in your midst That is unheard of and we're just humbled to be a part of it So thank you everybody for your participation. All right. Uh, today we're going to land in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5 That's where we're going to hang out. So if you don't mind, let me pray. We're going to stand and read the word Father, thank you for this opportunity that we now have to be blown away one more time by the scriptures. God, will you, will you um, r- take it off of these pages, write it on our hearts, so that we can live like you desire us to live. God, I pray that you will, you will shake us so that we can become the saints that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Will you stand with me, everybody, and tell the person beside you, put your seatbelt on. (laughs) Tell the person on the other side, let me hear a click. That's it. You got it. You got it. Revelation chapter 4, we're going to read, and I want you to watch what John says. First three, the first three chapters, he's talking to the seven churches gathered in Asia Minor. He's giving them a word, and now he's getting ready to turn, and, and, and God's getting ready to get him caught up in the air and let him see a vision of what his throne looks like. We're going to pick it up in uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Every time you see the word, behold, what do you do? You got it, if you're here and new to our church, we read the Bible in this church, so you need to know when the word behold shows up, there's something coming that's supposed to shock you. This is not normal, it's not normative, so it's supposed to shock you, and you need to read that into the text. Don't read your 21st century mind into the text. Read like the readers who read it, like they received it, you must read it like them. So here we go, come on. You read it with me everybody, after. I looked and a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I had heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said come up here my God and I will show you what must take place after these things verse number 2 here's what it says immediately I was in the spirit and a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. My God today. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald This ain't no regular rainbow like an emerald in appearance. Verse number 4, around the throne were 24, and upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. That's what you saw. Next verse, out of the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds of seven lamps of fire burning around the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Let's read one more verse, verse 6. Here we go. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal, and in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. My God, all he's doing is describing to you what he is seeing. Let's pick it up in chapter 5 verse 1. Watch this. Chapter 5, he says, "And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and break the seal? Next verse. And, and no one in heaven, or my God. The earth, who is able to open the book Ain't nobody can open this book. Ain't nobody worthy enough to open this book. Ain't no human being above or under the earth can open this book because this book needs to be opened by somebody who is perfect. And since you ain't perfect, you can't open it. Look at John's response. Next verse. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or look into it. My God, no one was found. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Watch it now. 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 He saw something. He saw something. Heard it. See it. The lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Next verse. Here we go. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain having seven that means all of seven the number of completion horns the number of authority and power so it's the one who has all authority the one who has all power come on come on come on and seven, seven horns, and seven eyes. Let me tell you about seven eyes. Seven eyes, number of perfection. Eyes represents wisdom. So the one that has all wisdom and the one that has all power. Here we go. Spiritual Spirit of God sent out into all the earth. Let's go, one more verse. I think all we can take is one more. And he came and took the book who sat on the throne. Go, keep going, keep going, it's too good. And when he had taken the book, the 20th, And the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints." Next verse. Next verse, next verse. And they sang a new song, saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break the seal. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Keep reading the Word of God. Watch what it says. You have made them a kingdom and a. Our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Next verse. Here we go. Here we go. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands. Here we go. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings in Jesus' name. Good God Almighty, my God, today you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Any good to just read the scriptures? It don't need no comment. It don't need no interpretation. You just see a throne, and you just know everybody on top of the earth, under the earth, everybody is praising the name of Jesus. My God today. My God today. Anyways. Uh, Let me give you a quick summary, so Revelation chapter 1 verse 19, John says, hey man, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at and observe what he's done in the past, what he's doing now in these seven churches in Asia Minor. Then he says, I'm also going to see what's going to happen in the future. And I'm going to write it all down so that the church that he's writing to will know what's going to happen. That's the story of this book. So when you pick up your sermon notes, it says, every human kingdom ultimately becomes Babylon and must be resisted. Every human kingdom ultimately becomes Babylon and must be resisted. Every human kingdom ultimately must become Babylon and must be resisted. What does he mean? The tension that you have that you don't know that you have is that if you're not careful and if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you are convinced that you're sitting on your own throne. Because you don't know Jesus, your eyes have not yet been opened. So because of that, you think you're the most important person in the whole wide world. And you think all glory should go to you. And you think between you, your kids, your spouse, and your job, and the money in your bank, that you think everything belongs to you. And if you're not careful, you will only see this throne. And because your eyes haven't been opened, you will ignore That throne, because this is the only one you can see. The problem, however, is that there's some Christians who are saved, but then they become those Christians who you save, but you bring your throne wherever you go. So many of you brought it in church today. That's the problem. Talking about, I'm going to worship God. Yeah, I'm going to worship God. But you bring your own throne with you. That's why some of you is checking your phone while I'm preaching, because you want to know what's going on with your throne. That is why some of you are still mad and can't worship God because of the person sitting beside you, because you have elevated yourself as more important than the throne of God that you should be worshiping, but you have allowed the person next to you to so get under your skin that you can't worship that throne because you're still focused on your own throne. Oh, I'm preaching today to somebody. Oh, I'm preaching today. So, because of that, the problem becomes that you have missed the fact that God's called you whenever you got married. I'm going to save a single person today. God's called you whenever you get married. He's called you so that you know that when he blesses you with a spouse, the spouse's job is to make you look like Jesus. I know I wouldn't get a lot of amens right there. Because what God's saying is, I want you to drop your throne... I want you to realize that when you get married I want your spouse to help you produce the fruit of the Spirit so that you look like me don't blame your spouse I want you to learn patience I want you to learn kindness I want you to learn self-control I want you to learn gentleness I want you to learn meekness and the only way I can teach it to you is to bring a spouse in your life so that the spouse get on your last nerve so that you run to my throne own and worship me and become more like me so you can run back and love them the way you're supposed to oh I'm preaching to somebody in here today two people ain't gonna get married now two people gonna be like I'm out the challenge on the floor is that we have too many American Christians that are convinced that you are the center of the world All they have to do is look at your Instagram and your social media because all you care about is you. And God says, I came and I died so that your throne will become second, third, fourth, and fifth. And there is only one throne that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So if you don't do it now, there is coming a day when you're going to do it so might as well you get used to doing it now so that you can get used to doing it in heaven because 24 hours a day there are angels and there are people worshiping him in the throne. it is actually what your heart longs for your heart, that's why as believers you should be praying that God comes back quickly you see, too many of y'all want to take it about, well, I care about this side or I care about this side. Instead of praying, God, will you get me out of this mess quickly? But we don't know how to do that, which is why we ain't never prayed that prayer before. All right. What you're praying is, God, come help me get more. What you're praying is, God, come bless my kids. What you're praying is, God, give me the promotion. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those prayers, but the ultimate prayer should be, God, I can't wait to see you face to face. When you have a skewed view of the throne because your throne looms larger than his throne, that's why you don't pray that he comes quickly. But when you know the Bible and the scriptures and you know the only thing that's going to get us out of the mess currently in Jerusalem is when you and I pray and say, Lord, if it is possible. Come quickly. The problem with too many of us is we don't want him to come quickly because we ain't done with the mess we want to do. So we praying that he, hold on, God, hold on. So what he says, what he says, what he says, what he says to the church, he says the devil is going to use, listen to me now, three schemes to mess up the church. He says he's going to use three things to mess you up. Number one, he says, he's going to make you know God, have knowledge of God, but you're cold. In other words, you know the scriptures, but you don't live the scriptures. All right. In other words, you know that God has given you grace, but you don't want to give somebody else grace. That's why you're still mad with the people you're mad with. Because you don't go buck while on God, do worse than what they did to you. And the problem is some of you don't think you've done worse to God. Which means you really don't know how bad you really are, but for Jesus. So since he gave you grace, since he gave you mercy, since he gave you all that he's given you, you're supposed to now say, well, God, what you have done for me is so great, I cannot help but give it to the person that's in need of grace from my life. But you know God, but you're cold. You have orthodoxy, but you don't have orthopraxy. You don't know how to practice what you say you believe. And so you walk around like a Pharisee, like you know God for. Oh yeah, I've been knowing God for fifty-five years. You're fifty-five years old. Talking about I've been knowing God since I was in the womb. Just because your mama know God don't mean you know him. So we so we have we we large on the Bible, but we thin on love. That's why you still have up. I I can't talk to those people that don't think like me. That's cause you're missing the whole point. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I can't talk to them Democrats. I'm a Democrat. I can't talk. And, and, and you're letting the world drive you. That's why in Revelations 1 through 3, he says, there's going to be two choices, the faithful and then those who compromise. That's the choices we laid out last week. Faithful compromise. Those of you who are going to be faithful, he says, I have good news for you, Revelations 21 and Revelations 22. Those of you who compromise, that is, those of you who, who morph yourself into the world and know there's no difference between you and the rest of the world, he says to you, you got a problem. Why? Because more tribulation is coming. So then number two, to the churches, he says, some of you are that, but some of you are spiritually aware, but you're indifferent. You're spiritually aware of what God wants to do, but you're indifferent. You, have, you don't care about knowing your Bible anymore. You've you become biblically illiterate. So you go to church every week, and you scream, and you holler, and you got ten pastors you love to listen to, and you love them all, but you don't know the word for yourself. All you do is say, ooh, that was a good word. Oh, yeah, he said that if I just get out of the way, God's going to bless me with a Mercedes. And you care more about your Mercedes than you do about worshipping the one who sits on the throne. The second thought is, of those of us who are spiritually aware but indifferent, is you don't care about your sin. You've been sinning in the same era for such a long time, you don't even care no more. You've just got it, well, it's just what I do. I can't help it no more. And you're walking around like you're a spiritual giant. But you got three little sins that happen every single day. And you don't care about them anymore. It's just what you do. It's like I always say, it's like a fish got caught and you don't know how to get out. And then the third one says, third one says, you're spiritually weary, and so you're falling away. You've done the church thing. You've done it for a long time, and you're getting tired of the church thing. So, you, so listen, so you no longer care deeply about the word of God, because you don't even believe anymore that it's the, it's the authority from God. And you have allowed the world to simply say, oh man, why you, you still believe in that miser in the sky? You still believe in that person who just want to restrict you? You're free. Do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. And you have allowed the world to convince you that God's not that real. It's just a fairy tale made up by some white man. Leave it alone and just do you. Live your life. And some of you, woo, thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you go in dating relationships where you, when you went into it, you love God with all your heart, but because you're desperate, you go date a fool, and that fool has now convinced you that there is no God. I don't know who that was for. It didn't go in any other service but this one. So if that's you, just wave your hand. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're in a relationship with a fool. And the fool trying to talk you out of what you know to be true in your heart. And because you're so desperate in love, you go and let physical, earthly love drive you away from the true love of your life, which is the one who sits on the throne. Oh, I'm pre- when I say I'm preaching to somebody up in here today, all right, let's, anyways, anyways, anyways come on, we got, we got to go somewhere, come on, let's go, let's get, it, let's get to it, let's get to it, let's get to it. So what do you do to try, here's the devil's, hey, come on up here, come on up here, come real quick here. No, 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 no not the singer, come on, yes, here, come on. Let me show you what the devil does to people in the church, he do it all the time. Lord have mercy. Come here, woman of God, let me show you what the devil does. He is a genius. Sit on that thing for me. Don't go buy none of these at home, okay? Don't go buy none of these. Don't go on Amazon to get it. So here's what the devil, here's what the devil does. The devil's job is to disorient you from what's important. So all he's doing is let you spin around and spin around and spin around and spin around and he's just trying to get you all caught up with money and all caught up with your kids and all caught up with your job and all caught up and you're going in a tizzy about everything because you're sitting on your own throne and before you know all you do is just loving what the devil is doing to you and all of a sudden when you're done the devil says this to you the devil says all right all right all right I think I got her where I want her now. And the devil says, All right, all right, that's enough. Now stand up for me. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> you know why she can't stand up? Because if she stood up, she gonna do this. And that is exactly how some of you look. Instead of worshiping God, you're all caught up. That's why you celebrate more at the cowboy game than you do in church. That's why you celebrate more at the ranger game than you do in church. That's why your heart is broken when the cowboys lose another game. And you, the whole day is ruined because the cowboys or the rangers lose another game. And you don't know what to do, but you don't feel that bad when you sin. You don't feel that bad. You're not celebrating that much when you come to church to worship God because he has disoriented you and made what is right look wrong and what's wrong look right. She still can't even get up. Look at that, look at that. It's going to be all right, girl. You, can you make it? You're going to make Come on, let's hear it for the woman of God, somebody. That's exactly how we look when we have focused on the wrong thing instead of the right thing. Can I get a witness, somebody? My God today. So, here's what he says. He introduces us to a brand new topic. A topic called the rapture. No, when you look at the overview of the whole book here's what the book's gonna look at this is what's coming and we're gonna lay it out it starts with the resurrection of jesus john was there for that then he starts with the ascension he was there for that then he starts with the church age that's where he is he's talking to the seven churches at asia minor then he says something's gonna happen it's called the rapture. You look at that one; you can see it real clearly. It's called the rapture. Then you have the seven-year tribulation. Then you're going to have the second coming of Jesus when He comes to the second time. Then you're going to have the one thousand-year millennial. Then you're going to have the great white throne. And then this is what your heart... this yeah this is what your heart longs for, which is when you have the new heaven and the new earth, ladies and gentlemen. This is what's about to unfold. is what He says. This is it. You better be aware of it and stop looking at social media or stop looking at the news and stop being fearful about what's going to happen because you got a God that's still on his throne. I don't care what man does. Everything that happens is going according to his plan because he is God all by himself. So here's what he says. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Watch what it says. It says this. After these things I looked. And behold, listen, a door standing open in heaven. That's a big deal. Only two times it's used. A door standing open in heaven. It's used one, when when John got caught up, which what John is suggesting is that we, as a church, gets caught up too. Watch what the text says. It comes down here and it says, come up here Two times it's used in the Bible to only two references. Come up here, where he's inviting them to come up. That is us, the church. And then the second time it's used is when it's used for the two witnesses that are invited to come up. Go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me show you what it says. Watch this word now. He says then, read it with me, everybody. We who are caught and remain will be. That's the word right there, caught up. Everybody say caught up. Caught up. Two more times, caught up. caught up. Last time, caught up. We who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with Him, with the Lord. So here's what's happened. Go to your notes and Let me show you. Let me show you the breakdown of it. So here is the, here's the five or six things that's going to happen, five of them. Um, why is it that we believe? Watch this. This is my argument for this thing called the rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but you gotta figure it out. Here we go, the absence of the church. After Revelations one through three, you don't see the the word church again, the gathered church again, all the way until Revelations 22. What does that mean? That means that it's there, we're not here, until he comes back. That's what it means. So the tribulation is going to go down, but we, the church, are not going to be there with them. Then you see the open door in heaven. You see it here again in, in, in Revelation chapter 4 where you see the open door, and then the same word, the idea of the open door, is used when Christ is coming back in Revelations 19, 11. Number three, the sound like a trumpet. That word is associated in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 15, 51, and 52. It's where you see the same concept, and it's also, seen in First Thessalonians that I just read. Number four is where it says the invitation to come up here. You see it here again in Revelation chapter 4. You also see it in First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. The other only other time it's used is with the two weaknesses in Revelations 11 verse 12. And then the last one is when we return with Christ. We return with Christ during, after the tribulation. What does that mean? When is it used again? Revelations 4, 11. If we're returning with him, it means we were caught up with him. You can't return with him if you're still down here, you're already down here, which means since, we, since we're up there with him, now we can return with him when he comes back. All I'm trying to establish is the significance of this thing called the, um, the, the, the rapture. Now, because of that and in light of that, you have these four words that are used, uh, this one word that's used with four times. Let's figure it out, Har, harpezo. It's used and it means to caught up or catch up or to carry away, four variations. Variation number one, to carry off by force. Variation number two, to claim for oneself. This is just this one word used four different times in the scriptures. Revelation number three, to snatch away speedily. And the last one is to rescue from danger of destruction. Same word, four times, all referring to you, you and I being caught up, being, being, being snatched up and away. What does it do? What does the, the idea of the rapture then do for us? Quickly, let's go through this. There, there are responses that we should have. Number one is we should, be ex- we should have an expectation He is coming back. Number two, we should be preparing for him to come back. And then number three, there should be a dedication in our life that we're going to live for the glory of God. Ah, you're still not feeling me. All right, there are three reasons it could happen today. Right now, today. Here we go. Reason number one, it's a signless event. There is nothing that proves, okay, when this happens, when the revelations show up in the tribulation, there are things that prove that it's getting closer. This one, signless. Number two, a surprise. Number three, a sudden event. Come on up here, young lady. Let me show them what I mean. Now, this is not foreign to the Jewish mind because when you go to a Jewish wedding, here's how it happens. The bridegroom decides, listen to this now, bridegroom decides it's time for me to get married. So what does he do? He says, dad, I'm ready to go. The the dad and the the other dad get together to figure it out. And then the bridegroom goes to initiate the engagement. That's the period of time. Once he gets the engagement, she agrees, everybody agrees, listen to what he does. I wish this would happen today. This is what he does. He then goes back to his dad's house and builds a house on his dad's property for his bride to be. Come here with me somebody. So he's building this house. Now listen, the bride knows that the moment he leaves to go build that house, listen, he can come back at any time for her and the bridal party. So they got to ready themselves so that by the time he comes back, they're ready to go. You don't have no time to say, ooh, 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 not ready yet, ooh, 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 not ready, no, no. You must always be ready because the bridegroom can come at any time. And the only sound you're going to hear is this one, listen. God today. When the bride hears that sound, it means, uh uh-oh, the bridegroom is coming. So then she's got to get all her girlfriends and say, let's go. Let's go. We ready. Let's go. Now, here's the problem with church folk. Some of you don't want God to, to make that sound because when you hear that sound you're going, like, oh Lord God coming, oh Lord I'm in the club, oh God, oh God, oh God, what am I going to do, oh God, I'm gonna, at, at, at Beyonce, oh God, this ain't the place to be, oh God, this ain't the place to be and you're going to run wild because you were not ready. The job of the bride, which is us, is to ready ourselves so when he comes back, we are ready to be caught up in the air with him. Can I get a witness one community church I got today? Let's go. Let's turn the page over as I try to wrap this up because y'all shout me too much today. I got to go. So here's what happens. All you see is what's happening around the throne why is this so important because God's trying to give us a glimpse of what, of what healthy people do normally and all they do is worship God watch it so now you see that there's that he's seated on the throne then he tells you what's surrounding the throne then he tells you what's around the throne. Then at verse 8, he tells you all the v- words of the songs that they're singing while worshiping him on the throne. Then he tells you the sounds coming forth from the throne. Then he tells you what's spread before the throne. And then he tells you what's situated in the glass sea leading up to the throne. All he's doing is telling, hey man, this is a, this is a picturesque view just an inside peek. same thing ezekiel gives us same thing isaiah gives us and it just gives us a little glimpse of what happens every day all day in the throne come here now family come here now go to the next one so here's so here's here's how john is going to lay it out i told you the choices are during tribulation you're going to be faithful or this is from chapter one through three or you're going to compromise but now he says listen to me please listen listen now he says Those who worship the throne of God, they've got two things about them. They have peace and they have stability. They have peace and they have stability. The God of peace will give you the peace of God. So he says, if you worship in the throne, here's how you know you worship it. Because you have stability and you have peace. Say it with me. You have stability and you have peace. Listen, here is the temptation now. The temptation is for those who don't worship the throne. Then here's what you do. Don't ever miss this. You're either living in fear on one side or you're living by placebo on the other side. What do I mean by placebo? By placebo I mean you are now taking something to soothe the ache in your soul. And that which should go to God is now going to something else that you're caught up in. So let me help you out, it might be a glass of wine a day. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? But but you put that further down the next generation and now they're drunkards because you opened up something to them that you had no business opening up to them. Preach, pastor. But some of you, some of you, some of you are caught up at night in pornography. Ha-ha! <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're so wrapped up because it's a placebo that's soothing your soul. when really what you want is to worship the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the earth. So you're either operating in fear or you're operating based on placebo but either way you're missing out on peace and stability. And the only way you get these two is if you abandon your throne and you worship God the way your soul aches to worship God. Now listen, here's why. In the text it tells us, I don't have time to go through it, but in the text it tells us, it tells us that, there, that, that when, when you're faithful you're going to get a, a, a crown. And you're going to have this crown that you can put on your head. Now here's what the text says about the crown you can put on your head. The text says, when the 24 elders that sat around the throne, that got crowns because of their faithfulness. When they enter the throne room of God, what they do is they take their crowns off. Why? Because the crown was given to them by God for their faithfulness stop 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 what's given to them by God by the fitness but they know that the only reason I have this crown is because the only reason I have to crown, and the only reason I've been faithful is because it is God himself that enabled me to be faithful to hold on and not give up and not compromise. So when you get in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you're not arrogant. You don't dare wear a crown in front of the presence of the living one who makes you take your next breath. When you get in his presence, you take your throne off, you throw it to his feet, you get as as you can go because you recognize the goodness and the mercy of God in your life and you get as low as you can go to worship Him. Can I get a witness one community the church? Your assignment then is simple. To him who sits on the throne what he deserves is worship. Yes. And let me help you out when I was young. Um, I don't know about you, but I used to give a lot of trouble. And one of the things I used to love to do is I used to love to rub my shoe in the carpet and then touch somebody. <laughs> you know what happens when you do try it at home. Try it with your kids. Try it with your kids. Uh, you rub your shoes in the carpet real good. And then you touch them. And it shocks them. And it was the funniest thing to me in the world. Because you rub it and you touch. You rub it and you touch. Ah, 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 is Is what the response would be. Can I tell you what God wants us to do? He wants us to keep rubbing up beside him. And the more you rub up beside the goodness and the greatness of God in your intimate relationship with Him When you're praying before Him, when you're worshiping, when you're having your own personal time with Him Then what will break out is praise Because what you cannot hang out with God long enough and not come out singing the praises of the goodness of God So the more you hang out with Him, the more you rub shoulders with Him, the more you want to worship Him It's the reason why every Sunday morning when you get up out of your bed and come to church what you're doing is you come in church with other folk who have been rubbing up against God Which is why a praise team leader don't have to pump you up because you come into church ready To praise the name of the Lord because he's been that good to you Because he's given you peace and he's giving you stability And if you have those two, you know that only comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to him who sits on the throne to him be all worthy and honor and blessing and favor forever and ever, amen. So here's what we say in closing. He's gonna open a scroll as we go to chapter six and as we go forward, he's gonna open a scroll. He has seven seals and he's gonna start opening them. And in chapter six, all the way through chapter 19, you're gonna see what happens. When the only one who could open the throne This is the deed to the earth. Ooh, I could go into this. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. You, what you need to know is, when Adam, when God gave Adam dominion over the earth, he lost it when he followed the devil. Come here. When Jesus Christ came and died and was raised from the dead, Jesus Christ regained the authority Which is why he's the only one that can open the scroll. Which is why he's the only one that can then mitigate and allow the foolishness to happen on earth. So that at the end of that time, you will have a new heaven and you'll have a new earth. The only reason that can happen is because he owns the title deed to the earth. And he gets to pull off what only he can. The rest of this book is amazing. Bring your mama, bring your daddy. Bring your dog, bring your uncle, no, no dogs, bring your uncle and bring your aunt as we conclude this series over the next five or well, five more weeks in this before we get done. But you don't want to miss what's going to happen next. Your assignment is to go home and read chapter six and chapter seven as we begin to roll out this scroll and see what God has been up there. I, no, I want to put the scroll down, but it just seemed too holy. I can't put it down there. Let me put it back. It ain't holy, it's just a piece of paper, but, but it just seemed, it just seemed Okay, let, 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 let's go to prayer. Now listen, if you're here today, this ain't the time to leave because there's still too many people that have a throne that's running and can't see the ultimate throne because you're enamored with your own. If you're here today and you're not a believer, when everybody else is going out, I want you to come on up front because I want to tell you about this man called Jesus, the Lamb of God, who took away the sins of the earth. So if that's you today, you don't know Jesus and you want to start to have a relationship with Him, then why not today? Why not? If He's been talking to you and you've been hearing the voice of God saying today's the day, if He's been knocking and saying will you let me in today's the day, if you hear it today and for you, you have not yet, um, you've wandered away from God and it's time for you to come back to him. He's saying to you, will you put down your throne and come worship the one who sits on the throne? And it's your time to come back to God because you've wandered away. If you're not ready, you're not prepared for him to come back because you're still wiling out. Today he says to you, why not today? Because I could come back today. If you're here today, And it's time for you to join a church. And you have not joined a church. You've been doing your own thing. And he says, hey man, I I, I created you to be a part of a group of believers. Then as everybody else is going out, I want you to come on down. I'm going to pray for you right now. And remember family, this ain't the time to leave. Do not be used by the devil to distract somebody from making an eternal decision for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word that has gone forth. Now, God, will you speak to every heart in the house, every heart in homes, and will you simply do what you do best? Knock on that little heart and ask that heart to come in. Will you do that today, God, all over this world? Will you do that today and and create a harvest like we've never seen before? So whether it's somebody accepting you, whether it's somebody coming back to you, whether it's somebody joining church, whether it's somebody that wants to get baptized, do your spiritual, incredible job and speak to our hearts today. If you're here today and you made that decision, then there's a, there's a book that you can download on the sermon notes. Put your, put your phone over there, download it, read that book, and then you can make the call if you so choose to do so. Father, will you take your people now and will you release us into a dark world? Will you ready us so that we're eagerly looking forward for the bridegroom to come back? May every person here be prepared. May every person here live in a dedicated way for the glory and for the praise of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, will you put your hands together for God, everybody?